Hi there, my name's Pete. Welcome to Social Distance. Ah, I would have done it quicker if I didn't go woohoo at the end and also said, hey, welcome to. <laughs> anyway, this is the Omnibus Edition. It's nice to see you on a Sunday. Yeah, nice to see you. Do you remember that guy? Yeah. Well, what happened to him? Oh, yeah, he died. Right, anyway. Now, always remember that we're all going to die. Remember that, yeah. And But also, the moss. You know the moss? You know the fucking lichen? Which is basically, I see more lichen than people these days. He's just as alive as you and I. You can't ever fucking forget that, right? Did you forget that? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Slight, uh, slightly sharp. I'm slightly on edge because my neighbours are... What the fuck they're doing in their garden? It, well, it's not a garden. It's just this stupid pebble, like, bit of bullshit that they keep walking over. So if you hear them in the background with their stupid, shitty little... It's like um, Gavin Williamson trying to clear his throat. Hey, are you against me, you fucker? Thank you, Gavin. Um, anyway, welcome to the show. <laughs> now, two big themes emerged. Uh, well, we could say there are three, but let's just squash them into two. Squash them into two. Number one is the penitent man. Penitent, penitent. <laughs> this is going to be a whole show about the penitent man. No, it isn't. Two themes emerge. Number one, corruption in England. Dun, dun, dun. And number two, uh, cases linked to uh, schools opening. Okay, so we could call that... Um, you know, you could say it's three, but fuck it. Let's just say it's two. Fuck it, it's the weekend. Now, so look at let's take a look at cases first, okay? Cases, cases, cases. The school commissioner um, for England today um, spoke to Times Radio, who, are, who haven't really made much news since they launched about, when was it, about three weeks ago, a month ago? Anyway, they had an interview with the children's... Sorry, not the school's commission, the children's commissioner... She said that the way English schools closed to most pupils before the summer was, like, you know, dismaying. She said it was dismaying before, you know, like, theme parks are opening and obviously every shop is opened, you know, before schools are opening. She says, we have to get schools opening, but there has to be a test and trace uh, system in place that we can rely on. It has to improve. Quote, it has to be fit for purpose and government has to make this happen. Quote, I'm not an expert in testing, but I would say that regular testing children, schools, everyone in schools regularly, this is her proposal, means weekly. So she is asking for school children in England and the staff to be tested weekly. Is it going to happen? Of course it's not going to fucking happen. I mean, you know, it's nice that she asks for it, but that's not going to fucking happen, you know? They promised ages ago to test everyone in care homes, like once a month. That Even that isn't fucking happening. So this definitely won't happen, right? But it tells you that there is a real tension around this big, big problem. I don't want to give you the uh, spoiler alert for the fucking criminal court, but I am going to. We've registered in Britain uh, for the first time since late June over a thousand cases. Okay, a thousand sixty-eight, I think it is, um, 
uh, and that's like you know last 24 hours was fucking Sunday so that's Saturday yeah so what's you know what's it going to be like midweek in a couple of days time well tune on Wednesday and find out yeah yeah nice uh, talking about merchandise whoa mate well that's not merchandise that's advertising but connected to advertising is merchandise and Malcolm Normal has got a crackerjack of an idea for that or oh, crackerjack but also don't want to um you know spoil it for you but um you know we're busy people and basically i'm not fucking interested malcolm <laughs> but i got a little spin on it you know me i make it into a little fucking bit don't i anyway back to um Anne, as i like to call her Anne longfield uh, the children's commissioner so she has asked for this thing but nick gibb the school's minister said anybody that shows symptoms in schools, teachers and pupils, will be tested. Oh, fantastic. So, um, you know, but of course he's not going into uh, the idea. He's not even, you know, seriously considering the idea that everybody in schools should be tested. Of course, it's a brilliant idea. Now, connected to this, we've got a real problem going on here because the reason why, one of the reasons why test and trace isn't happening in the UK is because, well, there's lots and lots of reasons. One is to do with trust. People don't trust the government and they don't really like the idea that this government that aren't, basically they're doing what the fuck they like, you know? Like time and time again, we see that there's a kind of pattern of behavior, whether it's giving like, you know, corruption, whether it's giving, you know, their mates, lovely multi-million pound contracts to supply, you know, masks that are unsuitable for the NHS, whether it's giving other my, other mates, the companies that sit on those, um, you know, uh, the boards of those companies, other multi-million pound, uh, you know, uh, contracts for tests that, that, that then, then don't work, you know, whether it's Dominic Cummings just doing what the fuck he likes, and Dominic Cummings, by the way, is coming under pressure again well the met police are coming under pressure but of course it's not going to happen but there's this renewed call for the met police to investigate a second trip in um mid-april uh that cummings made to um Durham. and there's no question that he made it like people are coming forward saying well i fucking saw dominic cummings and the met police are not interested in uh like looking into it of course they're not because they're up against a robust um, you know, Tory party and Prime Minister, you know? So they know which side they're fucking battery. Oh, by the way, Met Police, Dawn Butler, who's this really prominent black Labour MP in Britain, she was, like, fucking pulled over, like, stopped and searched by the police. Unbelievable. Incredible. And the guy, right, get this, okay? This is a nice little fucking racist tactic. So she's off to um, meet some friends, She's driven down the road in Hackney in uh, East London um, by a friend of hers who's black and they're driving a car, obviously, not a horse, and they uh, get pulled over by the police. All right, come on then, license plate, get on with it. Fucking let's check that. Oh, I've accidentally, well, it comes up that your car is registered in North Yorkshire. And he says, well, what? And Dawn Butler starts filming it, saying, come on now, 
get your shit together, boys. Like, what are you, what's going on here? It's not North Yorkshire. Like, we're in London. He's, his car is a London car, right? He's registered down the fucking road. And I said, oh, sorry. Sorry, Dawn Butler. We um, accidentally typed in the wrong uh, license number into the computer. So that's a nice little stalling tactic, isn't it? I mean, what the fuck? How many times a week does that happen? Absolutely fucking disgusting. Four per thousand white people in Britain have been stopped and searched between 2018 and 2019. Four per thousand is 38 per thousand black people in the UK have been stopped and searched. I mean, what's that? Like, that's, well, nearly 10 times as much, isn't it? Because 40 would be 10 times as much. So nine and a half times as much. See, I'm not that bad at maths. Anyway, so this whole thing with um, getting back to the fucking schools, bollocks. This whole thing is, uh, you can be beautifully summed up by Paddy Pencedown. Neil Ferguson. Here is Neil. Neil. Here's Neil. The evidence is still not certain, but it looks like older teenagers can transmit just as well as adults. So the risk then is that big schools, comprehensives, universities, FE colleges link lots of households together, um, reconnect the social network, which social distancing measures have deliberately disconnected. Right, so there's the dirty fuck. <laughs> and Andy Burnham tomorrow, and I'll be reporting on this after tomorrow's show, because remember Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and the Omnibus on Sunday. Uh, so there's a show tomorrow. So um, Andy Burnham is going to be launching this drive to basically get financial... It's what Independence Age has been asking for and what I've been speaking about I spoke about it on last episode I think was it or maybe Wednesdays can't remember but anyway last week sometime it is the fucking omnibus I should know that basic information but I can't but anyway it's financial help for those that get the call do you remember I was saying Harry Harry fucking Harry's daughter needs a school uniform or whatever it was remember that brilliant storytelling that was wasn't it yeah unforgettable so anyway, if the idea is that if he's living in Greater Manchester, Harry, this fucking mythical Harry character, if he gets a call from Destin Trace, then Harry will be like, oh, great, I'm going to dob in Harry. Oh, no, I can't remember. Is Harry the one being dobbed in? Dobbed in? <laughs> anyway, the point is, Andy Burnham tomorrow is going to call for uh, financial assistance to those who do get the call and do say, well, I'm sorry, but you do need to stay in your house for 14 days. And I know you don't have any symptoms. I know you can smell your lemons and, you know, you don't have a cough and you don't even feel hallucinating. You know, you don't want to drink your fucking bleach and you can talk and all the rest of it. Your heart is fine, but you've still got to stay in. And, you know, many, many people are obviously not doing it because... They think, well, fucking, I'm fine. And, like, you know, if I had a cough, then, okay, I might think about it. But I don't have any fucking symptoms. And I gotta put food on the table. So this is what Burnham says. He says, NHS, this, this is a quote, right? Quote, ready? NHS test and trace will never, NHS test and trace will never work properly until everyone who works, who is told to self-isolate, can do so immediately without fear of losing their pay or job, said Burnham. 
If people know they're going to be out of pocket, they simply won't do it. That is a terrible impression of the man. I'm so sorry, Andy, if you're listening. But I would like to call you Andrew out of respect. Nah, fuck it, Andy. Andy Peters. Are you Andy Peters? This has to be fixed without delay, and certainly before the schools get back next month. Failure to fix it would leave our poorest communities dangerously exposed. I got bored of the accent. Right now, so that's absolutely true. Failure to fix it would lead our poor leave our poorest communities dangerously exposed. Because if you've got, you know, a little bit of I mean tiny amount of savings, but like something to fall back on, if you've got the kind of relationship with your boss where you say, Listen, I'm really sorry, but I've had this call and I kind of have to do it, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, then that's fine. But of course, poor people are forced to work. Basically, that's the fucking bottom line, you know. So thank God for people like Andy Burnham, basically, or Andrew Burnham, as I like to call him. And also, we'll see what happens with that. You know, I don't know exactly, but it's good that that's out there. I think it probably is a better chance of that happening than the um, testing in schools, which there's no chance that they're going to do that. Like, zero fucking chance of that. But I wouldn't be that surprised if there was something that came on on this, on uh, like, with this, uh, on this. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> anyway, now, there's some other side of this which needs to be addressed, and that's the side of the quality of the test and trace operation itself which is basically it's not very doing a very good job uh, because of the issues that we're speaking about at the moment but you know um, Blackburn has had this uh, like you know explosion in cases and they have said oh fuck it like we'll just do it ourselves you know so the public health um, director in Blackburn has got their own test and trace thing like basically off the ground it's taken them like you know no time at all to just work out, okay, we are just going to fucking take it over. As much as you can take it over, we're going to take it over. And amazingly, within the first week of running, they've got nine out of ten, they've contacted nine out of ten people that the national test and trace um, operation couldn't contact, you know? So it does matter. Like, I've been saying this, like, right from the very beginning... It's amazing that they did this thing of giving the contract to Serco. I mean, it's not amazing that Sausage Johnson did that in terms of politics, but it's amazing in terms of, well, do you actually want to get rid of this fucking pandemic or not, you know? And I've been saying right from the beginning, if you actually know the towns and the cities that these uh, things are happening, there's a good chance you're going to know some of the people involved. Do you know what I mean? It's all to do with local connections, of course. Like, it's far more trusting if you hear, like, some guy that lives down the fucking road talk to you on the phone, who actually knows your neighbour, uh, like, your neighbourhood, sorry, your neighbour. Wish they knew my fucking noisy neighbours. Um, and tell them to fucking self-isolate for 14. They've got this horrible gravel. I keep walking on this stupid... It's not gravel, I love gravel. It's that pebbly shit. Um, anyway. Yeah, so if you know the area, then you've got a much better sense of... Okay, listen, you've got to do this for the guys in in um, Doncaster. <laughs> anyway, so that's an interesting thing. Like, you know, the things that are kind of, like, decentralised are getting, I mean, no surprise, you know, the further away from the sausage, the better, basically. The better the result will be, the further away from the sausage you are, 
I think, um, yeah, I think that's in the um, Art of War. Hello there, welcome to the Trend Report. So, we've had a bad day today in the UK. First time since the end of June that cases have been over a thousand, 1,062 today. And it's a Sunday, so we only, you know, hope against hope that that's going to go down tomorrow. But of course, it's recording the cases that happened yesterday. So it's probably going to go up, you know. Deaths is eight, and that's the same as seven days ago. So over the seven-day um, average, last seven days has been uh, 877 cases and 53 deaths. Um, so that is uh, slightly... Well, okay, so the cases, for instance, of the last seven days have been going up quite significantly because last week, um, up to Sunday, the cases for last week was 752. And today, last uh, seven-day average is registering as 877. So that's, you know, 125 more cases over the seven-day average and deaths as well um, good news is the deaths have gone down a little bit 53 over the last seven days and seven days before that is uh, 64 deaths but of course you know I say it every time I bloody open my bloody mouth but we have to say that you know if cases are going up then we can expect that deaths will go up as well not necessarily, and there's lots of reasons for that. For instance, half of the people that were dying at the beginning of, like in April and uh, March and April, and into May, um, after intensive care, like therapy, and but then they died after being in intensive care. Half of the people in intensive care are now getting better, uh, which is fantastic. You know, they're, so they're learning all the time about. Um, this disease obviously and what drugs work and you know what to do with people with um, COVID-19 so less people are dying not because of any kind of you know thing of people that are you know paying attention but just that the doctors and the nurses are getting better at treating people so that's good also of course cases you don't know how many of those people are going to uh, get the thing you know and you hope that the people that are try like that need to uh, stay safe are staying safe. You hope that everything is in place now for, for instance, twenty thousand people not to fucking die in care homes again. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of our cases, well, twenty thousand of our cases are due to to care homes at least of our days of our deaths. Sorry, are down to care homes. So you know maybe the deaths won't rise as dramatically as they were when you kind of first look at those cases you wonder you know god is it all going to kick off again but it may not it might not uh anyway though having said that we do have cases as a kind of you know way of thinking well where are we with all of this and it hasn't been a good day across the entire world we've had america the united states of america 
going across 5 million cases. Unbelievable. Jumping that Rubicon. The 5 million Rubicon has been fucking jumped by the, um, what are they called? The Outlanders. The bull owners. I'm a fucking bull. Hey, what about me? What about me? I'm fucking, I'm a I'm fucking warden for fucking ages. That's <laughs> like Geordie. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry, it's the trend report. Uh, so the US has passed 500, uh, sorry, 5 million cases. Um, you know, the, the Greece had its worst cases ever today. Worst number of cases. Greece have been absolutely outstanding on top of this but it recorded 203 new infections in the 24 hours to Sunday. That's the highest daily rise since the start of the outbreak. So this is the rolling seven-day average. Um, daily confirmed COVID-19 deaths per million. So we are looking at Mexico. Uh, just over five people per million have died from COVID-19. Next, Brazil with uh, 4.65. The United States is next with 3.44. Argentina, 2.82. Saudi Arabia, uh, just over one. The United Kingdom, 0.79. Then Australia, 0.44. Belgium, 0.3. Sweden, 0.28. Ireland, 0.26. Italy, 0.13. The same as Canada and France. Germany, 0.09. Nepal, 0.08. Greece, 0.07. Finland, 0.05. Austria, 0.05. Nigeria, 0.04. Japan, 0.03. Norway, 0.03. Thailand, 0. And the winners, guess who the winners are? Well, we know who the winners are, don't we? The winners, and you know what? We'll talk about this later on because it's absolutely incredible and brilliant news. And the winners are New Zealand with zero, but under Thailand. So the winners are New Zealand. Well done, New Zealand. So every Sunday, we've got a highlight of the week, a new section. <laughs> Give a bit of a piano, will you, Augusto? No, don't worry about it. Um, anyway, highlight of the week. And this week, no question about it, this is the best bit. So I received a bit of feedback from the decision to go to three days plus an omnibus. Uh, some people were um, suggesting new uh, title, like new names for the podcast, calling it something other than Social Distancer, including Fat Fuck Does Fuck All, Lazy Wanker, Prick Doses in Car, um, Trigestive biscuit doesn't give a fuck. Four-eyed filthy fucker goes dogging instead. <laughs> four, four, four-eyed filthy fucker. It's beautiful alliteration. Four-eyed filthy fucker goes dogging instead of doing work. What a fucking dozy one. Anyway, you get the gist. It's really, it's really gone down well. This decision. <laughs> it's really gone down well. This decision. So the second strand that came out this week is about corruption, and Wednesday's show was a big part of it. Was dedicated to the work of the Good Law Project. 
And the scandal of um, five billion, sorry, five million, was it Wednesdays or Fridays? God almighty. Well, one of the bloody days, so many days of the week, and I know I've cut two of them out and not fucking done any work on two of them, but uh, I did see Knives Out, though. Did I tell you about Knives Out? Cool, that's good, isn't it? He knows what he's doing, old Ryan Johnson. What a brilliant. And I love that accent that I thought was a bit hammy to begin with, but then it grew on me. Old, um, you know, what's his name? Sean Connery. Is that his name? He's quite good. He does a, a accent from the south of the United States. He talks like this. Oh, murder is afoot. Not as good an actor as me, of course, but he's up there. You know, what's his name? Uh, Loincloth Jones. Is that his name? I think so. Well, you know who I mean. The guy that plays James Bond. Anyway, I did see fucking thingy instead of doing the podcast, and that's good. Yeah. Right, so, good law project. It was either Friday or Wednesday. This is a good omnibus edition. <laughs> really slick, like last week's. <laughs> but, very serious, though. So, the PPE, they, the good law project, are basically a group of lawyers that take um, dodgy organisations to court... Um, if they see something dodgy going on. And of course, with this fucking government, there's dodginess all over the place. So they're taking the government to court. So um, here we go. PPE Public Inquiry received a response from the Secretary of State. This is dated the 23rd of July. So what was that? Three weeks ago, roughly? Um, not quite three weeks ago, but, you know, two weeks ago, something like that. On the 1st of July, we received a formal response from the Secretary of State, this is Hattie Mancock we're talking about, um, in relation to our judicial, 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 fucking, (laughs) how do you say that word? Judicial, 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 that's it, judicial, judicial. (laughs) Just pretend it's Rocky's girlfriend. Judicial review. For a public inquiry. You can read his response here. Well, I'm not going to fucking click on that link, but you can read it here if you like. On the 11th of June, 2020, some days after we issued our judicial review claim, the National Audit Office, the NAO, announced it would conduct a review into the preparedness and response and the supply of PPE in England, including the scale of and reasons for shortfalls in supply. It will cover how PPE was supplied to NHS and social care organisations before the COVID-19 pandemic started, what government did between the pandemic emerging in other countries and arriving in the UK to prepare for the provision of PPE in the NHS and social care organisations, how government responded when problems arose in the supply of PPE, and the scale of problems in the availability of PPE throughout the emergency and would report in the autumn. In his response, the Hattie Mancock, as I like to call him, places considerable reliance on this work. This reflects the considerable change in his position. He did not rely on it in pre-action correspondence. And he promises, quote, emerging findings will be shared with officials in late August or early September, which will allow government to benefit from its findings as soon as possible, end quote. 
We do not accept that the National Audit Office's review discharges Hattie Mancock's legal obligations under Article 2 of the EHRC. Sorry, EHCR. So obviously there's a kind of legal obligation that Hattie has to get his shit together and, you know, not fuck up as much as he did. This is not the legal... This isn't the legal part, this is me. However, going back to the legal part, it seems to the claimants, the Doctors' Association UK and Hourglass and the Good Law Project, that in light of this new work, that sensible course of action is to await the outcome of the National Audit Office's review. Once we've seen the outcome of this work and these proceedings, uh, we will be able to see what further work needs to be done to ensure government meets its PP obligations. So it's fantastic that they are holding the government to account and we'll see what happens. And that, that hasn't been reported, by the way. You know, you don't fucking find that in the newspapers, do you? But anyway, uh, you get the hot news here. So when it's all like, oh yeah, look, this new report has come out from the National Audit Office. They've done it on a PPE and, you know, Hancock's obligations to get his shit together. Uh, you've heard it here first, as they say. Right, so I got an email from Malcolm. <laughs> this is what Malcolm says. Malcolm Normal. Malcolm says, hi, Pete. Have you thought about merchandise? I would very much like a social distancer badge. You could do a set of three. One says social distancer. One says walk between the raindrops. And one says... Toby Jug looking motherfucker. For me, it is a day, a badge free kind of day. My moral duty to send my big, my kids back to school. I nearly said my big, uh, my big's cack. But it's sorry, Malcolm. My kids back to school? No, Toby Jug. I'm already sick of the gaslighting and there's three weeks to go. It's my moral duty to keep my children safe. I will homeschool them if I think school is unsafe. There is conflicting information on this. Designed, I'm sure, to make us so confused, we give up. Classic Malcolm. Well, thank you very much, Malcolm, for your um, your email. That's what it is. And, well, basically, I think that the conflicting information is is it well yes i do agree that there is conflicting information about it because on one hand they're saying oh yeah there's nothing to worry about and then of course on the other hand they're saying well we might have to close the pubs in order to keep the infection rates down well you can't have it both ways we know that zoe i mean there are some things that we definitely do know malcolm and it is you know uh, you're you're on the right side of being cautious about this you know we know that children have the bloody thing. We know that children shed the bloody thing. And we know that lots of children together in rooms that are unventilated, where they're not going to be wearing masks, is obviously, you know, a, maybe not a high-risk place, but certainly higher than if it wasn't fucking happening risk place. Um, Dr. Zoe Hyde's advice on this is, you know, incredibly logically, if you're living in a place where there's lots and lots of cases then of course you're going to have some of those cases in the school. If you're living in a place where there's no case or hardly any cases, then you're going to have hardly any cases in the school. That makes absolute sense to me. So I totally understand your dilemma and the dilemma of many. And I think that he's, a, is he a teacher? I think he's a teacher. Well, I think he works in the schools in some capacity. Some capacity. 
So you're, but anyway, as a parent, you know, you're um, absolutely right to be absolutely concerned and try to be as across the cases as uh, possible. Now, interesting on this, um, Scotland, the children in Scotland go back on Tuesday. So we'll, we'll see what will happen in Scotland because, of course, Scotland is very stable at the moment in terms of, um, you know, for very few cases and quick to act, you know, like in Aberdeen when they do get a cluster. So we'll see what happens when schools open there. But of course, the big difference between Scotland and England is that Scotland has got a robust test and trace um, uh, structure in place already, a program in place already. Uh, Already? Fucking, it's it's like mid-August for fuck's sake. It's incredible that we're still in a fucking joke and it's going south, that joke that we've got. Um, Anyway, but Malcolm, I don't like the idea of badges. I'm sorry to be so harsh on your idea. Not, yeah, I don't have anything in particular about badges, but they're a little bit dated, aren't they? Badges, you know? You know what the people at the forefront of design are doing these days? What they're designing these days is protest signs. And the good thing about designing protest signs is that as a designer and as a manufacturer, you need to do fuck all apart from say the idea. So this is my idea for social distancer merchandising. I'm not interested in making money out of this, which is good because, you know, I keep batting away the advertising like the Coke. Oh, please, please say drink Coke on your... No, fuck off Coke. Don't drink Coke. That's my fucking Coke advert. Don't drink that fucking shit. Drink Pepsi. (laughs) But, um, come on, Pepsi. Give me a beautiful, beautiful one. No, don't give me anything. Uh, but anyway, like this is the idea, okay? This is social distancing merchandise. Next time you go to a protest, bring your own protest banner or plaque, not a fucking banner. You can put it on a banner if you like, but it's hard work. Do a plaque, like, you know, mark a pen, bit of cardboard and a stick. Pretty easy to come across. Anyone can make it doesn't need to look flash you don't need to you know calligraphize my logo or anything like that well, logo it's just typed out the fucking words on a picture of a small uh, hamlet in uh, devon <laughs> like at um dawn dawn hamlet in devon um so you don't need to kind of copy that you know but this is what you write right one side walk between the raindrops there's a bit of optimism for you other side Toby Jug looking motherfucker. And it fits perfectly. Like, it doesn't actually matter what the protest is. It can be Black Lives Matter. It can be climate change. It can be, you know, austerity. It could be more money for nurses. Like, it all fits. Walk between the raindrops. Oh, perfect. They'll love that, won't they? It fits. Toby Jug looking motherfucker totally fits, man. Totally fits if you're in uh, the UK. If you're not in the UK now... I would say as a kind of caveat, because I don't want to, you know, I'm sure that, you know, people listen to this not in the UK. I've got their own fucking issues with whatever psychopath is running their country, you know. But I do need to have a photo or you can do a little picture, right? Like, just think of a fucking clown with some hair on his head. Yeah. 
for Boris Johnson, okay? Old Sausage Johnson, you know? You could do him as a sausage with a bit of hay on his head or do whatever you like, but you need to do some kind of, you know, caricature or, you know, still life or abstract. You fucking, you know, do a mosaic as far as I'm concerned. You can do whatever you fucking like, but it has to be of Sausage Johnson if you're not in the UK. Um, I mean, of course, you can do that in the UK, but it's obvious, it's clear to a UK protest audience that Toby Jug-looking motherfucker can only mean Sausage Johnson. I mean, of course, you know, but maybe, I mean, you know, start, you know, waltzing around Texas, uh, kind of, you know, infiltrate an anti-mask demonstration or something with that, then, uh, you know, go for your life. But you might need a little picture of the sausage. Thank you very much. I run to the shop. Bump into everyone. Say, have you heard? Have you heard the news? There is a podcast called Social Distancer. Share it, like it, astound your friends. Everything you want to hear about. The greatest public health emergency in any of our lives. Four times a week, and it is free. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and an omnibus on Sundays. Fucking great elsewhere. Okay, so we're going to end with a bit of good news because the New Zealand Herald have written an article over the last few days called 100 Days Without COVID-19, How New Zealand Got Rid of a Virus That Keeps Spreading Across the World. And this is the meat of the thing, you know, don't need to bloody read it with me here. It says, from the first known case imported into New Zealand on February the 26th to the last case of community transmission detected on May the 1st, elimination took 65 days. New Zealand relied on three types of measures to get rid of the virus. One, ongoing border controls to stop COVID-19 from entering the country. Two, a lockdown and physical distancing to stop community transmission. And three, case-based controls using testing, contact tracing and quarantine. So that's just 65 days. They had uh, just north of 1,500 cases in total. I mean, this is a running thing now because occasionally they still get cases, but this is cases of New Zealanders coming back from wherever they are in the world thinking, well, I'll take my chances in New Zealand, thank you, because they got rid of them, motherfucker. And then, oh, you got it, so you've got to go into quarantine for 14 days. And we've spoken in the past about how their quarantine thing is amazing. Like, you basically get put up by the government and you get told, right, stay there and you're not going to fucking move. You stay there. And do you remember when it all kicked off in New Zealand? And do you remember that thing about where I uh, played Jacinda Turns, um, like, saying, right, this shouldn't have happened. And what happened was, if you can remember, well, you don't need to remember because I'm about to tell you, two Brits came over there um, or sorry, two, I don't know if they were Brits or from New Zealand or wherever, but they came from Britain to New Zealand to meet somebody, like, for the last time, somebody that was dying in New Zealand, and they drove 
from the airport to this person's house where the person was dying, uh, but they had the thing, okay? And Jacinda Ahern, I mean, this is like why they've... The other thing, like the New Zealand Herald doesn't say this, but the other thing is because of her. I mean, that's the main reason, is because she is leading the country. I mean, she's been absolutely outstanding. Like, by far, I would say, the best leader. Because it's also New Zealand, do you know what I mean? It's not like this authoritarian place where, you know, you're fucking scared to leave your apartment, you know? So it's, it is New Zealand, you know? Um, so well done, New Zealand, and well done, Jacinda. And um, if you want to listen to the anecdote that I started but didn't finish, then please do. But basically what happened is they tested everyone and they fucking got rid of it. Now, the last um, community death they had was... Well, they said that the last case they had was May the 1st, and the last death they had was May the uh, 18th. So that's community death. Okay. Well, that's the last death they had, full stop, was May the 18th. I don't actually know if that person registered on May the, May the 18th. Sorry, not the 18th, the... Uh, 21st. Yeah, sorry, May the 21st. Sorry, 22nd. Motherfucker. May the 22nd. So I don't know if May the 22nd was whoever it was that died. But I'm sorry, that person. <laughs> but it was a long time ago. And hey, we all die. And you're being celebrated in such a touching way on this uh, podcast. Brilliant. Right, well, I think I've dealt with that um, professionally. Yes. Okay, so now's the time. Well, we only do this four times a week, so, you know, that's good, isn't it? Hands together in a symbolic way. You know, don't actually touch anyone, thank you. And, you know, remember the lichen is just as alive as you are. You may not think that, or you may... You can fucking agree, disagree, do whatever the fuck you like. But the truth is, just look into the damn thing. It is just as alive as you. So thank you, Lycan, and thank you for listening. And one, two, three, walk between the raindrops. Take care of yourselves. Back tomorrow night on a Monday. We'll see what cases are like. And um, yeah, let's see. We're Hopefully, we'll get a handle on this at some point. Take care. Bye.